Welcome to the Natural Baddies Podcast. Yeah. I'm so freaking excited. I'm so pumped. We're going to get so much good stories and information and all the things today on the podcast. I first want to introduce a good friend of mine, Jordan Barrow Tehran. She is a mother of three, nutrition coach, CrossFit athlete, or used to coach CrossFit. <laughs> she is a total overall natural baddie. You're always doing so much. And like I watch you and how you show up in your life for everybody around you. And sometimes I'm like, can you give me some of that like <laughs> unicorn sparkle energy or something? Because you're always like, oh like taking your kids places and taking care of yourself and still honoring your needs and expressing that to your partner. And like, you're just an overall amazing human. And so thank you for being on the podcast today. Um, another thing real quick, let me just tell them, do you want to tell them how we met? Cause I think that's, yeah, <laughs> I can. Okay. so, um, last year we both had a baby and we both gave natural birth, um, at home birthing center, uh, uh, water births. And we actually had the same midwife. And so we never were in touch during the whole pregnancy or anything. But after I think we connected because of an Instagram post mm -hmm. and, um, Shelly reached out to me. She was so sweet. And like, <laughs> I can't even explain your like energy through a message. But she was just so encouraging and sweet to me and like, oh, we both had this midwife and I would love to hear about your birth story and all these things. So um, she reached out that way and then we ended up meeting up. She came to my house and we just sat on the floor with our babies and played and hung out. And it was just really cool for that whole interaction to happen. I feel like it's funny when you meet people on social media. It's like, oh, I met them on the Internet. But <laughs> it's so funny, it's like, because my side of the story is like, I saw you as this badass in CrossFit and then I noticed that we had the same midwife so I was already following you oh, yeah. and then when you were like posting about breastfeeding and having a natural birth and the water and everything I'm like and then you're health conscious and then you started posting like non-toxic living I was like okay we have to connect so I kind of <laughs> was like it's so interesting because I feel like so much of social media is like people posting to get likes or their business or whatever. And you got to be consistent. But like, this is probably the first like real authentic friendship that I like pursued. Yeah. I'm like, okay, like, do you want to hang out? I hope this isn't weird. Like, and then we would give each other like breastfeeding tips. Yeah. That was, that was awesome. Right. That, I loved that part of it because we both went through a really tough time when our babies were like, what was it like four to six months yeah. of milk supply dropping and just being so exhausted from feeding all night. And I just remember texting you because although I had the most supportive husband and he's amazing, it's, he doesn't, he doesn't breastfeed. <laughs> so True. it's hard for him to know exactly what I feel and what I mean by things. And so it was cool to have a mom who's literally at the same stage with postpartum go through the same things and just to like hear your encouragement and like give you encouragement and like try this, try that. And so we're yeah. both like trying different things and like getting back to each other on it. So that was so fun. Yeah, I totally appreciated that because you already had had two kids. So Lila mm -hmm. is your third mm -hmm. and our babies are like a week months. apart yeah. or something. Oh, yeah. yeah, so close. Yeah. So we really were like on like the same track. And obviously everyone's experience postpartum is different, yeah. but I was like a completely new mom. So I remember reaching out to you and being like, oh my gosh, like I'm feeling all these feels. I'm not sleeping. Like, yeah. did you have postpartum depression? Which, you know, you just gave me so much encouragement through that. And I think that 
if there were more moms, like I noticed sometimes that there's so much judgment and also we put so much pressure on ourselves as mom to like be perfect because you're raising these kids. So like if someone's telling you something that maybe you're doing wrong or they're suggesting to do something different than what resonates with you, like there's just a lot of pressure from all angles. And so having your feedback and like encouragement and just from a place of love was so helpful just to know that there's a one mom <laughs> that gets it, you know, and yeah. then to kind of add to that as a third time mom, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on me to like know what I'm doing and like you've done this two times before but honestly so I have JC's eight Riker is six and so Lila's one and so there's a big gap and honestly I felt like a brand new mom first time mom and so it was kind of intimidating um going into it because I'm like I should know what's happening I should know why my body's doing this I should know why my baby is feeling this way or what's wrong but I didn't and mm -hmm. so again it, even though you were a first-time mom, I feel like you had so much insight and different things that you learned throughout your pregnancy, books that you read, and just like so much knowledge and resources. So even though, yes, I was a third-time mom, I still felt like a first-time mom. <laughs> but, yeah, I love. Maybe that's why we connected yeah. so well. <laughs> right. I'm like, um, I saw this funny video that says. Um, are we supposed to know what we're doing? And it was like the, a meme about like being a mom. And it's like, no, like nobody no. really and knows. And every baby's yeah. different. So it's, it's so hard to compare, you know? Yeah. Maybe you know the types of routines you should try or like the baby products to use. But other than that, it's like the kid is 100% their own human. So <laughs> right. It's so funny too, the ups and downs of like postpartum or like integrating into being a, like a new mom. Cause I would notice like how like I knew that I was sleeping better mm -hmm. when I was like feeling like on top of the world, like I got this and like they go through the, these phases and these stages like so fast and I'd be like, okay, yeah, like I love being mom, mom's awesome. And then literally the next day if I didn't get sleep or she had something new come up or she's like changing developmentally because they like change so, so fast, yeah. um, I'd be questioning myself like, and then what do you think about this? I think it's so hard to not internalize those hard moments if you've never mm -hmm. experienced it before. Mm -hmm. So like, how did you move through that whenever those moments came up? Oh gosh, patience, trying to get more sleep. Ta I think talking about it is very helpful. Like with your partner, with your friend, like I talk to you a lot, obviously. Um, and just knowing that you're not alone, like all moms are going through some type of struggle or growth or their baby's going through a growth spur and some type of change and it's okay to not know what's happening and it's okay to struggle and it's okay to be a little bit lost because I feel like when you go through moments like that when you go through struggle when you go through change like you always come out on top you always grow from it and it may be a really hard experience but you learn it's experience. Like, isn't that what life is? Experience. Like everything we go through is something new and exciting. And like this podcast is new and yeah. it's like, it's, I was so nervous or I am nervous, but I know. And I told you, like, I know that growth will come from it and right. putting yourself in that situation. So 100% kids I, teach you so much. <laughs> I know. And I think what you said is so key. Like one of the biggest shifts, um, that helped me in my life was seeing life instead of like life happening to me and all these hard things happening and 
Um, sometimes, you know, I do have my moments where I feel like the victim or I'm being too hard on myself mm-hmm. and I feel resentful or like bitter. But the biggest perspective shift was realizing that I can either find the lesson in this. Mm-hmm. I can see where I can change and shift or mm-hmm. I'm going to focus on the strength that's going to come through the hard time, you know? Yeah. That just reminded me of a quote that I heard. It was, instead of thinking, why is this happening to me? This is happening for me. Mm-hmm. So like, this is for me. This is for me to change, to grow, to expand. So like, how do I do that from this situation? I think that so many people don't want to change or accept change or look Mm -hmm. for that because sometimes it's easier to be the victim Mm -hmm. and it's uncomfortable (laughs) yeah it's uncomfortable to (laughs) actually acknowledge that you co-created that experience Mm -hmm. whether it's with another person or whatever so one of the biggest things I've found that has helped me through those hard moments of feeling stuck and like forever the victim of a person or situation is to not only find the lesson but take full accountability instead of wanting to blame other people being like okay what did I do in that situation to have that manifest maybe I was people pleasing maybe I didn't set a boundary maybe I didn't speak my truth maybe I said too much or maybe (laughs) I was like judging this other person right and so looking back and it's so easy to get over analytical and, you know, pick yourself apart, but just like mm-hmm. getting the basics and then using that as fuel to do better next time to be better. Cause I know that there's so much that I'm like, I could work on and be better and grow in. Um, but then also having grace to know that we're not perfect. Like yeah. no new mom is perfect. Mm-mm. And if like, you are feeling judged by another mom or shamed by someone else, ask yourself, am I internalizing their projection or am I just judging my own self? Mm -hmm. Because that's a huge thing, especially as women. We do this. We like are so hard on ourselves and put this perfectionistic frame around us and we can't see past it. Yeah, Especially with social media. Like we see moms all the time with the perfect little family and they got everything Like everything is perfect and they looks like they have their life together and they struggle too. And I think now on social media, there's a lot of realism coming out and like people being honest and sharing like the hard times and struggles, which I love. I think that that's so brave and so vulnerable of those people to do that. And I appreciate that because when I see that, I'm like, okay, I'm not alone, you know? So I I think that that's great. But um, yeah, just knowing that. We all go through something, so we don't have to be perfect, and we don't need to expect that from ourselves. Yeah, and forgive yourself Mm -hmm. if you feel like that you have been not doing it right or, like, you messed up or, like, as you awaken, as you become more aware in general in life, that's one of the biggest things I look back, and Josh always reminds me of this. He's like, don't, like, create self-deception and beat yourself up for the past like it Mm -hmm. happened but acknowledge that you can grow from it and then let it go Mm -hmm. you know for example talking about natural birth coming out of that and you can speak to your story but giving birth naturally and unmedicated in the water and just moving through each contraction and learning to surrender and trust my body and like redirecting all this negative, you know, self-talk or whatever that would come up during that process um, to let go and bring her here was the hardest but most rewarding Mm -hmm. thing. And I know that it wasn't until after I gave birth to Ocean that I realized that one in three women have traumatic births. I'm like, here I am having 
the best experience of my life, like the biggest high after literally being like, I can't believe I did that. Yeah. You know, and then realizing like, oh my gosh, like you become empowered through giving birth. Like this is an opportunity. And I got so passionate about it. But sometimes I would talk about it like in the the light that you have to do it this way because I'm so passionate about it. And I think people didn't like that I was being like that, which is totally fine because everybody's going to have their experience and I'm not perfect. I'm here to talk about truth and what I'm passionate about. But um, having to forgive myself in like certain moments where I was like, this is it, you this know, is the only way. And, like, and then people are like, um, excuse me. So it's just those lessons. But also I can still have my truth and you can still have yours. Yeah, absolutely. Talk about natural birth. Like what was your Ooh, experience like? Okay. Because you gave not you gave um, birth twice, medicated first. Yes. And then with Lila, you gave natural birth. Yeah. Right? So do you want me to just go through the births? Yeah. How it started, like with Jace, I just didn't know. I didn't know anything. I didn't, I didn't do my research. I was so young. I was 21 when I had Jace. And I honestly just followed in like my mom's footsteps like that. She gave birth medicated at a hospital. And so I was like, I'm going to give birth. Like, I just thought that's how you did it. And I had no knowledge of home birth. I, I knew a couple of people that did natural birth and I'm like, you're crazy, you know? And that's just what I heard and was taught. So I did, and it was great and it went really well. And, um, Riker was the same. It was just like, well, that's the way I did it with Riker and or with Jace. And so I'm going to do it this way with Riker. And same, I just didn't get into birth. I just thought that that's how you had a baby. So fast forward five years, I'm married to my second husband, Jordan. He's also Jordan. (laughs) And we really have gotten into like a more natural way of living and non-toxic living and really we focus on health so much and like both being CrossFit athletes that's like a huge part of our life is health and I started to explore giving birth naturally because I I have been a CrossFit athlete for so long like I I know that that has contributed so much to like my confidence and my my strength, not just like mentally, but physically, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I can do that. You know, I can do natural birth. And a lot of people that I knew were giving natural birth. And I'm like, why can't I do that? You know? So I was like, let's, let's give, I want to give birth naturally when I got pregnant with Lila. We decided to do it at the hospital and we loved the midwives there and they were great. And then I was like, what if we gave birth at home? You know, like exploring that. And that was kind of scary because there's so much negative talk around home births, like all the things that can go wrong. Like you, you don't often hear the positive birth stories. You, you hear the horror stories. Yeah. And anyone I told that I was going to do a home birth, they would always tell me a horror story. And I'm like, why are you telling me this? Like, why? Yeah. You know, it's so frustrating. But I just pushed through. I read, I read a few books. My favorite, if anyone is thinking about um, home birth or just wanting to learn more, explore Ina May's Guide to Childbirth. Did you read that one? I think no, no. The one that I read was called Unassisted Birth. Okay, it it was amazing. The first half is all about birth, is all birth stories, and then the second half is like actually about birth and what happens to your body. And I thought that that was so helpful for me because I love to hear behind the scenes, like what's happening to me, why is this happening? So like I know. So yeah, we decided to do a home birth, and wow, like it's so hard for me to put into words Mm -hmm. the experience the like the way your body feels like the way you feel when she comes out and she's like on your chest just speechless and I kept saying over and over again after I had her I was like 
I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I did that. And it happened so fast. It, my whole labor and delivery like together was four hours or three and a half hours. It was so quick. It's amazing what your body can do when your mind gets on board. You know, because like it's our it's our self-talk. It's that voice in our head that really can affect like, are you going to do it or are you are you not? And I so much meditation, so much reading and t- positive self-talk and like looking at myself in the mirror like you can do this and telling people out loud like I'm giving birth at home. That was huge for me because once you say that, it's like your words are spells. And so those things come true. And so I just was so confident in it. And It just really was the most magical experience ever. Not even an hour after when I was holding her, I like looked at Jordan and I'm like, we're doing this again. Like this was amazing. Like freshly like postpartum, have this teeny little baby so perfect in my hands. I'm like, yeah, we're doing this again. (laughs) I love it. it Oh my gosh. I just love listening to those stories and it just takes me back, you know, to that what you said about kind of the mindset prep work and like really committing to it, I think is key because there's like a couple of different situations or um, conversations or people that I observed that like one person said, I don't want to have a plan because I don't want to be disappointed. And I'm like, life doesn't work that way. Like, for example, if I set up a business and not to compare the two, but there is similarities because in life there's so many unknowns. Like if I were to set up a business and have no plan and just be like, I hope it makes a million dollars. No, like that's not how it works. Right. The more educated and resourceful you become, the more you apply that. And then you realize there's a million roadblocks that you have to come over along the way. Like with birth, there's some things that could go wrong. So many things that could be different and you don't know what's going to happen. But if you have a plan, I almost feel like it just gives you the permission to fully commit to it. Mm -hmm. And then being flexible in your own intuition or like having a doula or like a support team that supports you achieve that and Mm -hmm. like helps you in that moment, Mm -hmm. you know, to get the desired outcome, because we can't just do that with birth, because that's one of the hardest things to put yourself through as a woman is Mm -hmm. giving birth and to not prepare yourself to me it just seems like ignorance yeah. in, a, in a sense and I know that everyone's trying their best I'm not calling anybody out but yeah. I'm just kind of speaking truth to like you have so much more power than you realize not yeah. only to get your babies here and to trust your body but to educate yourself so maybe a home birth isn't for you and where you're at in your process of self-evolution mm-hmm. or empowerment or feeling confident in your own self but I highly suggest to do your research do research mm-hmm. on both ends because mm-hmm. we can get so biased you know like there's some people I know in the birthing community that are like anti anything medical. And then there's people in the medical community saying anti anything natural birth. Yeah, and and yeah. it's like, it's not, it doesn't help anybody to, to say this is the only way right. I, I know we can only share from our experience what helped us and what our experiences are. But one thing I did notice just being completely transparent coming, I know, coming into the birthing community after giving birth and just like being way passionate about natural birth. I realized there's way less people talking about birth that go medicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, why is that? Yeah. Why are they not talking more about birth? Maybe because it's just other people don't talk about it. Other people don't care. Maybe they didn't have an amazing experience like you and I both had, you know? And so that's something that I've thought of where it's like, we need to talk about birth. Mm -hmm. People can decide what they want, but like own your decisions. Like there's one of my friends, she's like, I'm going to try to give it natural, but she's not in the hospital, which is like a different setting and environment, which I feel is just a different vibe than being in a birth center or being in her house. 
And she's like, I'm going to just try. And then if not, I'll get an epidural. And I'm like, girl, commit and yeah. expect to do it without it. Yeah. And that gives you already. Because you already have an out. You've yeah. already said to yourself, like, if it doesn't work, I'll do this. So you already have an out. But like going into it, like, this is my plan. And if that derails, obviously, there's many circumstances where you have to get a transfer or medicine needs to be um, introduced. And that's okay. But you have to have a plan in place. Yes. And we're talking to people who totally want it, you know, like, yeah, there's a lot of people, one of my clients, she came in and when I had told her I was pregnant, she was like, and I was like, I'm going to do a natural birth for sure. Like I want to do a water birth. And she's like, no, you're going to want the drugs. I promise you, <laughs> like, you're going to want it, you know, like speaking to me and like yeah. that. And I'm, and I'm thinking like, that's okay. That's your experience, but yeah. I want to do it this way. Yeah. And, and like, I did find like talking to people about my experience or my plans to give birth in this way really helped me like convince myself on a subconscious level that I'm doing this because my my labor was like way different than yours I was 22 hours late in labor and Ocean was actually born sunny side up so she, her neck wasn't like bending so I, it was this whole process to get her here but like the surrendering part is huge and doing research you know I just was at a point I had read enough books to know and taken courses and like educated myself and simultaneously done the practices meditated to know like this is what I want. Mm -hmm. And when you set that intention fully in your heart, not just saying it because you want others around you to think you're cool, but yeah. like if you truly want it, like you can have it and you can find those around you that will advocate for you, whether that's hiring a doula or your partner. Josh was my daddy doula. That's what I call him because <laughs> he was just holding space every breath for 22 hours. Oh, I'd so squeeze awesome. his hand and just breathe and just I focus on the that. exhale. And he was just there and like having a supportive partner Absolutely. is so important. So important. Yeah. Because if they, I mean, for me anyways, like if Jordan would have doubted me, I would have doubted myself. You know, I look to him so much and like he is a huge source of my confidence. And so, cause I would come to him and just like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, this is scary. Like, oh my gosh, you know, nervous. It's my first time doing it naturally. And with Jason Riker, I never had felt a contraction cause I was, I was also induced. So I didn't, I never, my water never broke. I went to the hospital, left with a baby type of thing. Mm -hmm. So I had, I didn't know what it would be like if my water broke. I didn't know what it would be like if I had a contraction. I didn't know what it would feel like because I or had already had an epidural. So really, this was my first, it felt like the first time ever giving birth because I was completely numb giving birth to the boys. So I'm just, you know, there was definitely times of self-doubt. So I don't want people to think that we're, well, for me anyways, that I was just like, oh yeah, I'm good. I'm giving home birth. Like no doubt at all. Absolutely. Yeah. I had some hard times Yeah, and I had moments where I was like, am I really going to do this? Like, is she going to be okay? You know? Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that I would suggest, like ask your doctor or your midwife, like, what happens if this happens? And I asked my midwife all the hard questions because I didn't want to be in the middle of laboring and those questions to pop up in my mind. And you're not about to ask them that, like you're going through all these waves and contractions. So ask them so that you can get that out. Like don't internalize that and think of all the, ho of the horrible things that can happen, you know, get it out there, get the answer. Um, but yeah, Jordan was just such a huge support. And I actually had a doula and Jordan. And so I feel like I had all the support. And I had two midwives there. Like it was a party. <laughs> so it was, it's really amazing to have supportive, incredible humans next to you because I swear I couldn't have done it without them. Like it was so awesome. 
Yeah, that's so true. There was like a pivotal moment. There was a couple of them throughout like giving birth that I felt like helped me transition into like the next stage of labor. One of them was my midwife coming in and just like helping me soften. And I just cried on her knee and just like these moments of like connecting to my body and trusting my body, but having people around me that wanted that for me, that didn't just see me as like a patient that has a condition of pregnancy to just get the baby out at any means necessary. So I just have such a sacred, deep, deep, deep respect for birth Mm -hmm. and for motherhood and for giving birth and natural birth because so much of my fighter in me of like how I am a mom now and like my protection and my connection to her, I feel like started with giving birth. Mm -hmm. And then you like go through all this and you feel all these sensations and it's just this crazy wild ride of surrender and breathing and like overcoming doubt and redirecting that to like surrender. You know, like Mm any time I felt like I can't, what if I can't do this? What if whatever in my mind when I was having contractions, I just would be like, she's coming. Like I'm releasing this and like moving through. So is there any tips? Uh, Gives me chills. Was there any (laughs) tips that you like or things other than the books you read and what you've already said about natural birth that you could you know um give to our listeners if they're interested in giving natural birth (laughs) well we talked about doing your research i think that that's huge but i i think finding some type of practice that is going to prepare you mentally spiritually because i had started on like a spiritual journey like probably six months before i got pregnant with lila And that started with meditation and journaling and really just like connecting to the earth and to my soul and body and like spirituality. And that I swear jumpstarted everything and really solidified my practices for preparing for natural birth and, um, lots of affirmations. I printed affirmations and like framed them and I had them around my room. So like setting, the tone for the environment of where you're giving birth. So like whether that's music, essential oils, like candlelights, anything that makes you feel comfortable and like in your space, whether you're doing it at a birthing center or at home, like I think that that is so important because you need to feel comfortable. Like you are giving birth and naturally like that's the most raw um, primal moment and like you need to be comfortable. And so Again, finding like a doula or a really good support system and like having people to talk about, like contacting some type of um, community, like birthing community and getting in touch, asking questions, again, asking the hard questions, because once you're confident in your power and in your ability to give birth, like the birthing process is just going to be, I don't want to say easy, right? It's not easy, but it's going to flow. It's going to, it's going to happen the way that it's supposed to happen, but you have to trust your body. You have to trust your instincts and your intuition. Yeah. Those are so good. Um, for our listeners who don't know what a birth doula is, can you just explain a little bit more? Yeah. So yeah, let's like a midwife is obviously the more clinical side. Like she's going to be attending the birth and like, um, working or dealing with like your vitals and all that. But like the doula is there for your emotional support. So she doesn't really do anything with the baby. She just supports you and helps you in any way. So like for me, my doula, she was like massaging my back, rubbing essential oils and um, whatever I needed, just like putting a cold rag on my face and my chest. Um, She even took pictures for me because Jordan took over at some point too, you know, and like counter pressure. 
that was huge so that I had like my husband pushing on my hip and then my doula pushing on my other hip and then the midwife on my lower back. So like they were all helping, but the doula is more like emotional support, um, for you, for the mom, for the, I love that. I don't know. I didn't hire a doula. And, um, after going through natural birth, I'm like, I have to become a doula because I love this so much. Right. So, well, going back to what you said about, why aren't people talking up about birth? I see, I felt the same way. I like gave birth and I'm like, I just want to scream my birth story to the world because it was so incredible. Why are people not talking about this? Why does nobody, why doesn't everyone do this? And of course you can't push it on everyone. Like we talked about, but it is the most incredible insane experience and it's like I if I could have a hundred babies I would because birth is amazing but I can't so like a doula would be the next next step down right like just being able to hold space for for, for the women, women going through that would just be freaking powerful amazing. so I, yeah just speaking speaking um just a little bit more on what you were saying kind of the differences I know a lot of people ask me like what's the difference between a doctor and a midwife and a doula and whatever and I just think um the I saw this, I think it was from Empowered Start, which is like a birthing service page on Instagram. And she said that the doctor is trained in medical birth. The midwife is tra- trained in physiological birth. Mm. So the midwife is trained in in like trusting your body's natural ability to give birth. So the signals, the process the way that the midwife helps you is going to be different than a doctor. The doctor's going to probably be looking for different signs. Yeah. Whereas a midwife would, you know, the way that they go about it is, is different. And then the doula is the emotional support. Like, like you said, for those of you that are wondering, because I know sometimes people are like, what's the difference, you know, between a midwife and a doula. Yeah. Did you start out with a doctor and then you changed to a midwife? I started with a midwife at the hospital. So we were going to do it naturally at the hospital. Mm -hmm. And then it was funny. My midwife, actually, I was talking to her about switching to the midwife that I chose. And she's like, oh, she was my midwife <laughs> for her home birth. So that was really, that was a really cool dynamic there. And, um, yeah, so we decided to do it at home and instead of the rest the is history. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah, yeah. We could seriously talk about this all day and, Forever. um, probably be talking about it more yeah. someday, but, um, <laughs> something you mentioned, I want to kind of dive a little deeper into is like your spiritual path. So you were raised in Utah, mm-hmm. which is like a very rigid, like cultural so place I, to grow up and you've yeah. like found your own path, which takes so much courage. So talk about that if you don't mind. Yeah. So I actually, I grew up in Arizona, but with a religious background. And then moving to Utah, it was that same religious background. After my divorce is when I decided to just find my own path. And that was scary. That was really scary at first because of the way that I grew up. It's like it was the only way I knew to live. It was the only right way. And I felt like I was, you know, just like the bad person choosing their own path. And so it was scary and intimidating And I felt lost at times, but when I met Jordan and again, going back into like our focus being on health and not just health in like the body, but also the mind, that's when I got into meditation and a little bit of yoga, not a whole lot. That's actually something I would love to explore more, but just like being in your body and trusting yourself and internalizing and knowing the power that is within within us Mm. like we when I was growing up it was always the power was this being outside of me Mm -hmm. and I was 
supposed to follow this power and do what I'm told and not think for myself. And so this was a whole new world for me was to like trust my intuition. Like I have the power. I have intuition. I have all of this knowledge inside me. I just need to remember the number one thing that really just blew my mind and I really loved is learning about the chakras. Mm -hmm. And so that has been so enlightening and like teaching that to my children and seeing their confidence grow and them just like sprouting into these amazing little beings that like they're not looking to make someone else happy. They're not looking to pleasure someone else. Like be something for someone else. Yeah. They're looking to like be be happy within yourself. And like I think that that's so important because I definitely am like a people pleaser or I used to be and grew up that way. And Now it's like, what makes me happy? Like what sets my heart on fire? Like the world needs more people that are doing things that set their heart on fire, you know? So it's like just living for myself now. And that's been so amazing. And so that's like what drove me wanting to do natural birth. Like I want to do something really hard and I want to succeed at it and I want to be empowered and I want to be like, holy shit, how did I do that? That was amazing, you know? So you want to be a natural baddie. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So it's like, like, why wouldn't I want that? So yeah. anyways, the whole, um, my whole spiritual journey and spiritual awakening has just been, I mean, it's ever changing. It's, I mean, that's the other thing too, is like, like there's no end goal. There's no end. It's just continues and it's, you know, learning and messing up and learning some more. And then again, teaching my kids. I think that that's been like the most exciting part because I didn't have that as a kid. And I just, I want so much for them. Like being a mom is my, I I identify as a mom so much. That's been a tricky part of my growth is like, I am Jordan. I am me first, you know, give love to myself first. And then I'm a mom and then I'm a wife and then I'm a coach and then I'm an athlete, you know, all those things. But I really, I have so much passion for motherhood. Mm-hmm. Like my babies are my everything. And like everything we do every day is because of them, you know, and for them. You're yeah. so inspiring. Like <laughs> I love listening to everything and like just seeing you, like you're always are doing stuff. Um, and even if that just means like going in the backyard and letting your baby crawl around in the grass yeah. and like get some grounding. But that's something that I totally admire about you because I think that, um, like there's this cultural norm or like this cultural um narrative of like what a mom is and i feel like like culture or society devalues mothers um not just because like everything is built on the backs of mothers like us raising children and then having to like take care of the home and everything like that um but it's not as valued as like a top priority over like money making activities or whatever, mm-hmm. but something that I feel like reclaiming my power and um, my natural baddiness as a mom is like loving being a mom because mm-hmm. there's so much joy in it. There's so much fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And when you like fall into the, the narrative of like a mom, like you're just a mom, like mm-hmm. you're just a stay at home mom, like all that gets me freaking <laughs> rallied up because I'm like, moms do so much yeah. emotionally. We like give our bodies, we give everything. We yeah. literally give so much yeah. to these babies, 
to and we're always like like pivoting every moment with our intuition to be like what does she need now or what's happening mm -hmm. now like how can i soothe her or like like does she need to go down like reading into our baby's cues when they can't yeah. talk like i'm freaking passionate about this because <laughs> i'm like there's just so much like moms are freaking badasses yeah, and are. moms need to be honored and moms need to be lifted up by other moms and also the community mm -hmm. and not in a way that they pity mothers in a mm -hmm. way that's like i honor you mm -hmm. because that's something yeah i love about you because you still take care of yourself i know for me i reached out to you being like i can't even work out because i'm getting a clogged because I'm breastfeeding and like holy shit this is so hard and yeah. I can't even take care of myself but like that doesn't last forever mm -hmm. and it's like just knowing that um that you can get through any hard thing and you can take care of yourself and you can love yourself and be a mom mm -hmm. that helps you be a better mom don't you think yeah absolutely I think yeah, moms are freaking badasses. Like, I always look at my mom and I tell her, I'm like, thank you. Like, how did you do it? How did, like, please tell me because I, it's, it's so hard. It's such a, it's so fulfilling, but every, like every child is different. They all go through different things. They all have different emotions and reactions and all the sports and activities. And it's like, am I doing enough? Like, do they, are, do they feel loved enough? You know? I like go to bed at night and I'm like, did I tell them I love them enough? Did I give them kisses good night? Or I forgot to kiss them good night or whatever it is. And it's, it's so, there's so much up and down and like you're raising these tiny humans and you want them to be good people and to feel loved and to be loved. And so it's hard. It's so hard, but it's, it's the best thing ever. Like I know as a little girl, like I didn't want to be a teacher. I didn't want to be like a doctor. I like, I wanted to be a mom. Like that's what I told people. And still to this day, like I am a coach, I'm a nutrition coach and I've coached CrossFit for years, but being a mom is my priority always like that trumps everything. And so there are definitely times like right now that I'm focusing more on like motherhood and raising my, obviously my boys, but also my daughter because she's so young and she needs more attention. She needs more love. So like my nutrition business has like slowed down and I'm okay with that because I know that right now my daughter needs me and she needs my full attention. And that means like I'm holding her all the time, even though she's walking, it's like she's clinging to my leg, you know? And it, it's great because like you said, these things don't last, like they're all phases and it's not going to be like this forever. Mm -hmm. Before I know it, she's going to be an eight year old like Jace who doesn't want to hold my hand in public. <laughs> No, Aww. he's he's so cute. He's good about it. But it's just it's crazy how yeah. fast it goes. And you like can never get that time back too. Never. You know? Yeah. And I remember like before I became a mom, I remember because I've been a business owner for years and years. And I, <laughs> I remember being like, being a mom is gonna like throw a wrench in my plans and take away my freedom and all mm -hmm. that stuff. And and I was like, I'm so grateful for my partner Josh because he was like a great encourager and and all of that in like coming and and accepting and becoming a mom and we already have a beautiful 11 year old um, my bonus daughter so she kind of mm -hmm. helped me get a little head start to that but like having your own baby biologically I felt like helped me transition fully into mm -hmm. being a mom and I look back and I'm like wow if you're into personal development you want to actually get a taste of what real love is <laughs> become a parent have because a <laughs> that is the hardest shit you'll ever do yeah the most fulfilling yet to this day and I'm just speaking from my experience the hardest most fulfilling expansive fun just like 
full spectrum experience yeah. raising a child. I remember having that mindset of like, it's going to slow me down. It's going to, mm. I'm not going to be able to grow my business and my, everything is so money focused, but mm -hmm. I've realized like the best things in life are free. Mm -hmm. Like having these, th this connection with my baby and like slowing down, like I did so much. I like literally stopped taking clients besides just a few. Mm -hmm. I doubled my prices. I said no to like more people and more things than I ever have. Mm -hmm. And the old me would have had so much anxiety because I'm so used to producing and production and posting and, and people pleasing and, and people pleasing <laughs> that I couldn't physically do that when you're postpartum and yeah. you're healing and you're taking care of a baby and you're waking up six times in the night to yeah. breastfeed and whatever else. And I just remember having so many moments. And even now I feel so grateful that I made that decision. And, you know, not everybody's going to make that decision. And I'm not saying it's the only way, but I'm saying from experience, it's been one of the greatest gifts mm -hmm. to me. And looking back at my old self, like, I'm so glad that that you chose to have a, a baby because business can can be put to the side or yeah. different external pressures besides caring for your baby can be put to the side because your baby's going to grow and then it's going to be over mm -hmm. so you're not going to get that back yeah and, and then they're out of the house and then you can focus on your business and not to say you can't do that while you have a kid right there's yeah. plenty of working moms and business owners that mm -hmm. are moms and and they do that for me personally I just and I'm still I still have my clients but it's like like you said, it's just slowed down yeah. and I'm okay with that. Um, back to what you said about people thinking that like their life is over when you have kids. That was definitely a thought that my husband had. So he never wanted kids. And so when we started dating, it was like, well, there's two kids already. And it was so cool to see the transition of like, he could have been like, well, we can't go camping and we can't go do this because we have the kids. But instead, I was like, take them with you. Experience life with your kids. Like, obviously, there's times when you need to get a babysitter and you can't do things with your kids. But I think the most exciting part of having kids is showing them life and showing them the world, like taking them on trips, taking them camping and because to see their joy when they see things, it's like your joy when you see it times 10. Like yeah. it's the best. And so and then it's crazy how exciting it can be when like you're watching your baby eat like Lila will be eating. And I'm like, why is she so cute? She's just eating. And it's like you're finding so much joy in watching someone eat, you know, like it's so crazy how such a small being can just like enlighten your life so much. 100%. It's so cool. Like it tests you and pushes your boundaries. Like there's so many times where I'm like, I'm not going to make it through this. It was mm -hmm. so hard not sleeping, whatever. Yeah. And how that affects everything else. But then it's almost like the joy is like matches like that hard. Yeah. And it's like not something you, you can forget. explain. <laughs> yeah. Then you forget. Then you do it all over again. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. I love that. Um, something that I find very inspiring is like what you just shared about taking your kids with you and you guys do so much. They're involved in sports. They're involved. Like you keep them active and you show them the world and you take them camping. And so like to the moms who maybe don't feel like they can do that or, don't necessarily take like health or exploration that's maybe not a value of theirs or mm -hmm. they want to but they don't feel like they can like what advice like how do you do that what advice would you give them mm. I love schedules and lists <laughs> so I think having a schedule is super important oh. and taking advantage of the morning 
Like I go work out at 7 a.m. because I know that once my kids wake up, like I'm shifting my focus towards them. And so I make sure that I have time for myself because if I don't, and there have been times where I don't get up and I don't work out and I sleep in, the day is hectic and it's hard. It's way harder because then I'm like, can I fit in a workout when Lila's taking a nap? No, because when she's napping, then I need to hang out with Jason Riker and give them their attention. So it's like there's so much back and forth. So having some type of schedule where you know that you have me time, like having your own time is showing up for yourself. You're going to show up way better as a mom and a wife and a partner. That would be my number one, like have time set aside for you. And for me, it's the morning for someone else, maybe nap time or bedtime, whatever it is, but that's so important. And then I would say, again, going back to schedules, like having a plan, like what are we doing this month? And like, how can we make sure that the kids are getting like into sports or like getting, we're getting a trip in because it's so crazy how time can just go by, especially like summer. We're halfway through summer and it's like, have we done enough? Like I'm, I know we have, we are so overbooked, <laughs> but it's like, it's easy for time to go by and be like, we didn't even do anything. So like just planning out things and planning them ahead of time and like having your partner on board and having your kids on board, like kids, what do you guys want to do? Don't set any expectations for yourself either. Like your kids don't have to be in five different sports. Like you don't have to go fly to Florida and take your kids to Disneyland, like camp out in the backyard, like mm -hmm. go camp in the mountains. If you live close to the mountains, like it doesn't have to be anything crazy. There's no good way and there's no bad way. Like it's just whatever works for you and your family. So mm -hmm. if for you guys, it's starting small, then just start small. And if you can go somewhere amazing and incredible and far away, then do it. But don't set expectations. Like every family is different. Everyone has a different schedule, especially like we're lucky enough that we both work from home. So we have the flexibility to like see our kids a lot and do things with them a lot. Mm -hmm. But like some parents don't have that. And so don't look at Jordan's life and be like, wow, she's going camping all the time. It's like, but your husband works Monday through Friday or Monday or Sundays and he can't go do those things. So it's like, don't compare yourself to anyone else's family because every family is different and you're all in a different stage in life. So, right. I always yeah. find it comparison being good for others if they feel inspired. Yeah. Like, so if you're like, oh my gosh, if she can do it, I can do it. That's how yeah. I kind of felt like with yeah. natural birth. I yeah. was a few people around me that I knew had given natural birth. I'm like, oh, dang, if they could do it, I, I can, can do, do it. it. <laughs> or like, you know, and not in like a negative way, like in a, a like inspired way. Yeah. So um, I think the cool thing about like the human capacity is that we can grow so much if we set the intention and truly want to do it so like for example you're a nutrition coach mm -hmm. there's so many things in the way of moms especially providing good health and nourishment for themselves and their kids and their family mm -hmm. so like um if they truly want it you know they'll figure it out but i know that it's like you it's a black hole sometimes when you start learning about non-toxic living and actual health conscious food, mm -hmm. not just like chicken and broccoli, but like organic food, or more health conscious choices. So how does a busy mom stay accountable or like stay committed to making that a priority? Well, I always say like nutrition wise, we eat 80% for health and then like 20% for the soul. So like, it's okay if you have ice cream, it's okay if you have cookies, you know, like don't beat yourself up either. But like, we always focus on having good food in the house. So it's like, it's easier to eat bad when you have those foods in your house. So I'm just keep going back to planning because I'm such a planner, but like making lists and like planning meals ahead of time, like that's huge for us because we 
like you said, we're just so busy and evenings we're like never home because it's soccer practice or jujitsu or baseball. And so if we don't have a plan, like we're probably going to eat out and like you can still make health conscious decisions when you're eating out. Like there are options. And again, being aware of those options so that you don't go to the drive through, like you go find something on the healthy side. But with toxic free living, that <laughs> was so overwhelming, still is overwhelming. I have not perfected it. And there are still harsh chemicals in my home that I have not gotten rid of. Like, it's crazy. It's another step of like, where do I even start? Mm -hmm. And so my suggestion would be start with one product. And just like we focused on the products we put on our body because I feel like that's like we were already eating healthy and eating organic food. But like the things we put on our skin, like lotions, shampoos, conditioners, face wash, that was our that was my number one because I was like, that's something that we use every single day. And so that's like the biggest bang for our buck. And so switching all that out is it's difficult. It can be expensive. So it was like, use the rest of what we have, cycle things out. And it's a process for sure, but it is so worth it. And I have honestly seen changes in like my kids' attitudes and the way that they handle their emotions just through changing things like this. Wow. And then we moved into like cleaning products and um, scents in the house. So like candles, we don't use certain candles anymore. So like that's, it's all really hard because you're used to living a certain way and buying certain things and you have to make this total flip, this total change. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I can't just go to Bath and Body and buy all these candles anymore. Like I have to go look for this and it can be expensive, you know? It's, it's definitely a change, but it's yeah. well worth worthwhile change totally I mean it's like okay you're gonna pay for your health bill yeah. in years down the road mm -hmm. of like cancer or like disease mm -hmm. or like whatever dysfunction is in your body from ingesting non-natural things mm -hmm. or you're gonna pay for like a little bit more up front but then long term like you're gonna have a better like quality of life. Mm -hmm. And I love that you mentioned that your kids feel different because mm -hmm. one thing that we do in our house, especially uh, Ocean's not old enough to do this, <laughs> but with Malia, like she knows and is in tune with herself when she eats a certain way, like eats like sugary food or like processed food that's mm -hmm. like inorganic or whatever. She can feel it. Mm -hmm. She notices that she's more tired, more sluggish. She gets stomach aches and she's like, and the this is like, too. thank goodness for Josh educating her because it has to start with the parent. You can't just expect the kid to yeah. choose health conscious. Like mm -hmm. you have to help kind of guide them, but it starts with guiding yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they're watching what you're eating. Mm -hmm. They're watching what you're choosing off the menu. And I just think that it took me such a long period of time to like almost detox from this old way of living of just like buying the cheapest thing because that's the world we live in mm -hmm. to like really being intentional about what I put in and on, on my body, even yeah. being a master esthetician and the skin products that I use and suggest, like I've even like introduced you to that skincare line that I yeah. use that's conscious and organic. Mm -hmm. It's important. It's important because it's like such a process and it can be overwhelming, but long-term, like you're going to feel so much better. And I know now, like you, if you ask people, if you were to ask someone like, how do you feel right now? And they don't, they're not very conscious or health conscious. They don't choose like health conscious things mm -hmm. um, to eat or to use or to have in their house. They're going to be like, I feel good. Mm -hmm. I feel good. And that's how I was. Yeah. I was like, I feel fine, you know? And then Josh, every time I, I felt like every time I would like eat something, he's like, what's in that? What is that? <laughs> and I didn't know because I was not raised that way. Yeah. I was like, 
come from a family of 10 kids. I was raised on canned corn and, and my parents did the best that they could. And right. like, yeah. we still had good home cooked meals, but it wasn't necessarily what I would say, like up to the way that I prefer to eat and like, um, what I choose to buy mm-hmm. now, but it wasn't until after I went through the long period of time without eating that food or without um, using certain products that I really noticed, wow, like, I can feel so much better. Yeah. As a nutrition Wha- coach, I go through that with clients a lot. It's like, yeah, I feel good. I have enough energy. You know, they're living on caffeine and like eating whatever food and we change their diet and bring them off caffeine a little bit. And they're like, whoa, like I didn't know how good I could feel. Like, yeah, you just think that the line is here, but really the line is way up here and you could be way up here, but you have to make changes. Mm-hmm. And, and it's hard too. Cause it's just like a pattern mm-hmm. that you have to like interrupt just like negative self-talk or like yeah. certain habits that you have. Yeah. So like, how does someone commit to changing that lifestyle? Getting, making sure you have like the knowledge, like, why am I doing this? I think people are a lot more likely to succeed in things when they know why, like what is happening to my body when I eat this versus what's happening when I eat this. And I think that will help convince them. And then getting your family on board, whether that's like your spouse or even like your roommate, whoever it is that you're like preparing food with, like that's huge. Like if Jordan was eating McDonald's every day, like I would be much more likely to eat McDonald's with him than to be over here prepping my own food. Like it's, it's hard. It's so much easier. And so learning and deciding that like the easy route isn't always the best route. And like Anything that's worthwhile is going to be a little bit more challenging, Mm -hmm. just like natural birth. (laughs) Just like not making a baby cry it out. (laughs) And so it's like just making sure that you know it's a lifestyle change. Like Mm -hmm. it's not just I'm going to eat healthy today. It's like, no, this is who I am. Like I am Jordan. I am Shelly. And I eat this way. Like Mm -hmm. I don't eat those things. And And again, like I firmly believe like that we experience life through all of our five senses and taste is one of them. And so I think that there are times when you can enjoy and indulge on certain things, but like overall you should be taking in foods that are like making your body feel good Mm -hmm. and like that are from the earth. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think we've just gotten so far away from eating like from the earth that like that's how that's our biology like that's where we came from you know we ate if you could kill it or if you could grow it you ate it you know and so we've come to like where we eat things in boxes and bags and shopping in the middle of the grocery store you know something huge is like shopping the perimeters like that's where the produce is that's where the meat is that's where um, the fresh foods are and so um just knowing that it's going to take time be patient with yourself don't get frustrated because it's it's all a process and mm-hmm. and you may never perfect it and it doesn't need to be perfect but as long as you're putting some effort towards it and you're you're making that conscious decision that like this is what I want for myself for my body for my family mm-hmm. then you can start on that journey and be successful We've covered so much information. I know, we did. And I feel like there's a hundred other questions I could ask you. 
But I will like let that kind of be like the period to everything. And I just love you as a person. I love everything that you share and like what you stand for and who you are. And thank you for being that and sharing that. Because, you know, I know that that takes extra energy to share your life and to share what you're passionate about. But obviously it's reaching people and it's inspiring <laughs> others. So thank you for being on today. Is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners? No, I just want to tell you thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been awesome and I guess I hope anyone listening that they took something from today it's gonna help them and so how can the listeners find you um so I'm on Instagram it's Jordan with two d's so j-o-r-d-d-a-n-e-l-l-i-s Jordan Ellis awesome find her on Instagram go like and subscribe this podcast to be notified when we have more episodes coming up